This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on authenticity, created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to season four of the podcast. Before we jump in, Rachel and I, for season four, wanted to make a commitment to continue to share our own journey. A really important part of the True North Collective is that we don't have all the answers. We're all here together, together, fellow passengers learning and figuring our own shit out. And <laughs> we wanna be able to share our story too and let you know that you're not alone. And hopefully you can learn and relate from our experiences and us getting out here in the podcast and being vulnerable and really open and honest with anyone who takes the time to listen to this podcast. This episode, we're actually jumping in basically in the middle of a conversation. Um, Rachel and I were talking and it was before we were going to record a podcast and we were starting to have really good conversations and we're like, shoot, let's just record it. Let's see what comes of this conversation. Um, So if you're looking for something that's a little bit shorter, but cuts right into the juicy real life shit, this one's probably for you. Enjoy. But the only other time I ever experienced this was when, so when I was leaving the corporate world after my first job, I worked at Target Corporation and then I was going to the advertising world and my parents were like, you're making the biggest fucking mistake of your life. And, and then I ended up at like the best, one of the best advertising agencies. And when they knew that, then they were like, you're amazing. (laughs) Um, But, uh, but, but I remember when I started, when I trusted myself, with my professional career, when I truly didn't care what they thought and I just owned it, that's when they met me there and were like, and I feel like that's how this time has been too. It's like, if I am comfortable with myself breaking down and being seen, they are. If I'm not, and I haven't been, when I'm not, they aren't. And like, when I'm comfortable just owning like the uncomfortable conversations that I want to have and I'm okay if they're uncomfortable or not I just do own it they meet me there that's what I'm that's what I'm learning in this or that's what I've learned in this month um amongst other things so anyways it might be interesting to just ask yourself like am I comfortable crying and being seen not it's like I don't cry expecting them to do anything I just am crying and just be there with me. So I don't know. Maybe that's not um, your truth. But. No, it makes sense. I feel like I've actually, if there's anything in 2020, I think I've gotten pretty good at is like just crying and letting it happen and letting people, yeah, be there or not. But yeah, just all the things. But I do so, get that. I think with some of the other stuff in my life, just trying to really own it because I definitely here's I think I actually recorded this to myself in a voice memo but I'll give you a shout out I remember at the beginning of this year when I was in the apartment and slow but still was paying my mortgage in the condo and then I had the opportunity to break the uh, my lease in my apartment but I would had like to move back into the condo with my ex-boyfriend at the time and um I remember I called you like in a panic and you were just like, 
are you asking for my permission to break your lease? <laughs> I remember at the time being like, what the hell? Like, no, no, I'm not. But I still remember you saying that. And I was recording a memo when I was driving from Middle Beach down to Charleston. And I've just been like, I don't know. I feel like I've learned so much about myself this year. But that was one of the things that came up is just like how... I've really never experienced like trusting my own intuition. Like I've always gone to other people. It was either a parent or a boyfriend or um, like a friend. And now that I'm just making so many decisions that like there's well, or I'm trying to or starting to, but like, you know, it's like, I'm not choosing a place to live because of a job. Like I'm not choosing a place to live because another person like I'm trying to choose a place to live because I think I want to live there and how foreign that is and also how I've realized like I've been doing shadow work and I think I shared this with you um how much I started to like demonize my performer and that like I do want the attention like I do want to be the person that gets the lead in the school play and I've just like shamed myself for that and then I actively hide behind other people because I think it's wrong to want it so like I've hidden behind romantic partners like I think you and I have even talked about this in the podcast but like I'll do a really good job of like taking things that you say and like put you into the spotlight and it's like that's what I want to do for myself but like instead I just like actively hide behind other people and I feel like now more than ever in the last like two days too I'm just like fuck like there's I've set it up and taken the steps to do the work but like now I'm to the point where it's like I don't have anyone to hide behind anymore and that is terrifying and exciting <laughs> exciting but mostly <laughs> terrifying right now <laughs> that was the other thing when like for anyone in the podcast now that we're actually recording but um I'm gonna be super emotional today because I just broke up with my my boyfriend that I've been traveling with on the road just like 24 hours ago um but that was like one of the things that I was journaling about and just saying like you wanted to sit you wanted to you know stop hiding behind people and like really step into the spotlight and when there's no one around to hide behind then you either shrivel up or you you know do it and I'm just trying to remember that there's growth there and even if it's scary that it's time it's time to like re-own and integrate that part to myself of myself but like do it for me because I I think I started to demonize it because I was doing it for external validation and it's like a very fine line of am I doing this because I want other people to see me and applaud me or am I doing it because this is a part of me and I want to applaud myself for being who I am but that I've historically shamed myself for that part of myself yeah I was gonna say did you when you say hide behind do you mean like getting their like applause is that what you mean like you're you're performing for them to get the response that you want like you're looking for a reaction no I actually mean like I literally look at people and like I do this in partnerships like romantic partnerships all the time I I feel like I make myself small 
so that they can shine brighter than me like I don't just like don't necessarily try to be like the center of attention in partnerships like I'll almost just like take a back seat Um, It, it is interesting because if I just reflect on our own relationship like I would just I would I would categorize you more as like a spotlighter versus me. Like I like to be like behind the curtains, like I'm doing all the weird stuff back here. Um, And that you are like, here's the mic, Janelle, run. Um, But I, I do feel like lately or even more than lately that you're like tossing me the mic and I'm like, wait, I don't, (laughs) I don't want to go out there. (laughs) And that is really interesting because I, I'm not trying to take it from you at all. And Mm -hmm. I do feel like you're like, you do this, you go, you know, you, and that is really interesting, which has been good for me because I do think that I have, you know, my comfort zone is like behind the scenes and, and um, it's actually in doing exactly what you're saying. Like, I'm really good at like setting people up to be able to step up to the mic themselves and, I, in this relationship, have been really, I don't know, maybe I've been ready to step up to, to the mic. And I feel like I am like, um, anyways, I'm like, it, it's interesting that you're saying that. Cause I, uh-huh. I have felt a shift in the dynamic between us, but I did, couldn't really put my finger on it. And so I was just like, Oh, I don't know. Well, and but, I think you're right because I feel there was some, I don't know when it happened, but at some point, and I think it was like early 2020, like something hit me that made me be like, oh, my shadow, my performer is a bad thing. And like, I had to start to re like reprocess it again of, because again, I think it was like when I realized I was performing, but then I'm like, am I doing it for me or am I doing it for external validation? And I was like, I think I'm doing it for external validation. And then it was, well, your performer's not good then. And then I like took a step back and was like, I can't be this performer then because I'm not doing it for the right reasons. And that's I, like, I think that whole process just like knocked me off my horse completely. And I feel like a lot of the confidence that I had, like even pre, you know, pre 2020 has just been like, I'm now finally just starting to rebuild it up and be like, no, okay, you can be the performer. Cause that is a side that I really do like about myself, but you can also do it for yourself and not for other people or like for the applause so I think I'm just trying to like it's the new like the nuances that we always talk about of like how to do it but in a a different way and it took almost like rejecting that part of myself and like not basically losing I feel like my mojo and confidence around it to like all then reintegrating it from hopefully a more whole internal place yeah well and I I like my shadow self that or one of the parts of my shadow that I have historically been pretty hard on is like how deep and um, deeply emotional I am and I'm I don't mean that I'm like necessarily crying at the drop of a hat but I like really go there like really vulnerable almost to the point where people will be like god why are you so serious all the time and I'm not I mean I am but I'm also not and 
And so when that side of myself would show up, I would get really uncomfortable and be like, there's something wrong with this. And, um, I don't know. I think it was, well, I had been late last year. I remember just being like, that is a part of who I am. Like, I mean, for me, I experienced traumatic things that gave me exposure to a depth of life that not everybody has had. And that doesn't mean that everybody ends up with the personality default that I had, but um, for me, it made me really connected to these really deep, vulnerable nuances. And I like to go there and that it feels good for me to like explore that. Um, and when I was trying to fight it, it was like, I shut down. But if I just acknowledged that that was like a part of who I am, I'm owning it for myself. And if anybody says anything to me about it, it's kind of like, yeah, I already know that. And is, is this not an environment? You're not feeling it? Okay, cool. That's totally fine. Because I'm cool with that's how I, that being a part of who I am. And I don't need to go there right now, or I do. And so I'm actually going to remove myself from the space and think about the people in my life who, who can go there or might want to and ask them if they can hold a whole, you know, go there with me. Um, but until I could own it for myself as like just a, another part of who I am, um, like I couldn't do that. I was just trying to stuff it away. Um, so I, I don't know if it's felt the same to you or not, but um, I can definitely relate to having parts of yourself. Cause I know that makes me like a great coach. And like, I'm sure there's aspects of your performer that like are a benefit. And so being able to find equanimity with it has allowed with my, my seriousness, um, mm -hmm. my inner Eeyore is what I was calling it for a moment. Um, you know, the equanimity allows me to, uh, bring it to the surface as it serves me or the situation without being so attached to it meaning anything. Um, but it's a journey. I mean, yes, there's, it it's like, I mean, there's all even, of the little facets too, right? That's like yeah. a little facet. I'm like, I've also had to like reintegrate my sensitivity that, you know, people told me it was like too much for them. And it's like, then you just shove it down and you hide it. And like, I've started to just cry in front of all my friends and yeah. Well, and also it depends on the environment too. What I'm finding is like, I can figure out how to, I'll just keep using the same example because it's easier than changing it. But I know now how to have equi equanimity of my seriousness in some environments, but then in with other people, it's, I'm like the, the, uh, I still freak out and I still am embarrassed and I'm still like, which again is mine. And so it's like, how can I then look at that situation and be like, okay, what do I need to do in this situation to like cultivate my ability to show up as I am and to not be so concerned about how this other person feels about me? Cause it is, again, it's super easy to just go like, oh, well, it's cause that person's, you know, judgmental or they whatever, but at the end of the day, it's just like some people just, I still care what they think. Oh, I know that. I just had a conversation and then someone like was basically saying like, I love this about you, but like, 
you know, ba- but basically like it was almost the problem. And it's like, wait, what? It was like about like, you live such an intentional life. And I'm like, it's so hard to not just be like, oh my God, me living an intentional life is going to get like cause people to reject me. Even though it's just like, maybe that person was on, like it either just wasn't for them or they wanted to do something different, or maybe they were like uncomfortable with their own choices. Like, you know, it's not really for me to decide, but like my immediate thought, even though they said like, it's one of my favorite things about you was like me living an intentional life now because other people don't necessarily choose to do it like in the same way or whatever is going to like cause people to reject me. And I'm like, maybe I should you know, it's like, you want to like, ch- I mean, for me, I'm still learning to like stay on my ground, but like my gut reaction is to want to change myself so that people like me. And that is like such a tough pill to swallow. Like I can walk off that ledge pretty quickly now because of the work I've been doing, but I still like feel the sting of the words and the pull, even when someone says like, it's what they like about me, but I'm like, but if the situation isn't isn't like the actions around the situation aren't portraying that then my immediate reaction is like oh my god I need need to change and it's like that's tough it's tough when you realize and like how many times have I done that in my life yeah and I feel like I don't think it's ever not going to be disappointing or confusing or hurt in some capacity when somebody says that there's something about you that rubs them the wrong way you know for lack of a better phrase but like it almost is like you could literally do the same exact thing to a million people and every person is going to have a different response to it based on who they are. And so, or like you're going to disappoint, you're always going to disappoint somebody. You can't make all of them happy. So at a certain point, you you kind of have to weigh out, I mean, shit, even if it's somebody that you really, really respect, if what they're saying isn't resonating with the person that feels true to you, like then- there, like, there's your answer. Like, I don't know. You then you you either then from that point you either start living for them or you choose to keep living for yourself and let the chips fall where they do, which is harder said than done. Until you choose you and you realize, and I'll speak from I. Like, I have spent the last year figuring out how to do that for myself, and I still experience pain. And people where I can't do that, but on the whole, I am starting to experience a euphoric feeling of what it feels like to be accepted by myself. And like, I have gotten acceptance from other people so much that I, I didn't, and I chased it so much that I didn't have to accept myself. And so, but I'm tired. (laughs) I'm so fucking tired because I'm constantly chasing after people and after whim and to be able to like really have conviction and sincerity in like the experience of accepting myself and sticking with it because I don't know, something in me really believes that it's possible, like has allowed me to finally be able to start to feel it, which means that I'm like, okay, I, I now know what it feels like to like accept me. And that feels so much better than any outside person's acceptance. So much better. So it's like, I don't know, I guess I would just say, keep going. If you know, if you feel, 
any sort of inkling, like just keep going because I don't know, like listening to myself talk, I kind of want to slap myself because it's like, I can't give you that experience and wanting something enough doesn't mean that you should get it right away. Um, and to hear somebody else say like, it's euphoric, I'd be like, okay, fuck you. But, but I like, as your friend, I don't know, I'm meaning it to be like, I've been on this journey and like, I never knew if there would be a point where I'd actually be able to experience it. And I am starting to. And so it does exist is what I want to say. And it doesn't happen overnight and it's okay that it doesn't. And part of the euphoria maybe comes from the fact that I really had to fight for it and find my own sincerity and conviction in it. And now that I am, it's like, I don't know. And my, that's my story, but. Oh, it's, I appreciate hearing it because I feel like I need optimism. Like I know I'm doing the work and I'm sure everyone feels this way, but like I'm in such like the shitty part of the work of. Like, the work is, has oh, shitty. I know. <laughs> that is the work. I the know. work is us choosing to acknowledge that life has shittiness <laughs> I know but I'm like in and the beauty I feel like I'm in the redundant shittiness it's like in the past two weeks I like got started to talk to like multiple different people about job offers like one went away because I didn't pass like the interview or whatever one went away because like there's a monetary amount that I told myself that I'm worth and I basically turned it down because they couldn't offer me that and then the other one, this one isn't as sad of a story, but someone tried to 1099 me. And then I said, you know, I am interested in working with you, but not in that capacity. Like if you want me to jump, like then you have to jump with me. And then I feel like with a guy I was dating, things were, you know, I wasn't feeling in my worth and so I made sure to ask like and have the tough questions and the tough conversations and then we broke up. <laughs> it's like, it's all good things. And it's like practicing really just being like, I'm worth it. And this is what I want. And I don't want to settle. But when you do that, things fall away because they have to. But it, whew, it's hard. <laughs> and then you're like, just hoping something will work out coming up. Like, just like trusting that something's gonna like you know that there will be something better and I mean I think I don't know if we're recording when you said it but you're like because there always really tends to be and I'm sure that's true if I like start to reflect on my life but when you're in it and you're like I'm walking away from things that I want but they're not quite it that's where I feel like it takes so much conviction and I've literally never done this before. Like I always just been like that. That's good enough. I need that. Like I, I haven't stood in my worth and been like, no, this is actually what I think I'm worth. And this is what I want. And if I'm not getting it, I'm going to walk because I believe that I can have the kind of life that I want to have. And that's super powerful, but I'm also just like, <laughs> I believe it. And yet here I am in like 
the weed is, but like the darker I don't want it to be hard. Yeah. Exactly. Like I'm in the dark but hole yeah. of like, I mean, how bad do you want it? Soap. Yeah. Still just hope that the good stuff is out there and it's um, being attracted and drawn into my gravitational forces. But it, there's also something in there of like, not like assuming that things working for you have to look a certain way. And like that, again, I'm really like kind of obsessed with this, like short-term versus long-term stuff. Mm -hmm. And like that the short-term has to look the way, I don't know. It's like the short-term might have to look shitty in order for the long-term to be what is actually going to be for you. And again, I'm saying shitty because it's easier to explain, but you get to decide how bad something actually is, you know? And so, well, there's so many nuances to it. Yeah. I just, I think it's like, it can be both, right? It can be like, this is painful because like, even as I'm saying all the things that I'm saying about, it feels so good to be able to choose myself. Like I still like spent all last night crying. Like, it's not that the pain goes away because that's human. I'm just, I don't know. Things are just more in context to the whole. It's not like I'm holding on to the, the things that seem quote unquote good. I'm just, I'm allowing life to be the fullness of what it is. Um, and it to exist and not look the way that I thought, which means it, I do sometimes feel crazy because I can go from like a high to a low pretty quickly, but then I can get back to a high pretty quickly again too, which is the waves of life. Like, um, and like you are fresh to this, you know, like it's okay that it's not where you want it to be yet. And I wish that in our society, there was more of a conversation about those like rites of passage and like that it's okay. Like that is to be expected. Like it is going to be a period of time that is like confusing. And I don't know. I just, I feel like we're just taught that if you do these things, then you got to have a smile on your face and you get saved and happily ever after. And it's like so bullshit. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, and like, I mean, it's easy to say if society was just like, did it this way, then it would be different. And, but you know, it'd have its own set of things, but I don't know, what would it look like if at a young age we were having conversations about, more realities, a depth of experience and possibilities. Like, hey, it might be really hard for you to sit in a classroom and then go right to school afterwards. And if it is, like, let's talk about that. There's spaces where you can talk about that versus like, we're going to diagnose you with this condition and we're going to feed you pills so that you can succumb to the way this idealized standard I don't know that was a tangent rabbit hole I don't even know <laughs> but, but I guess what I'm saying is like 
I think that's why we are here having these conversations because to normalize the reality of what it means to do things that seem as simple as like, just be yourself. It's like, okay. Stand in your worth. It's like, no. Which I mean, from the surface level, like you could look at the True North Collective and be like, oh, you know, screw you. Like find and live your true north. Like that can be just as, um, I don't feel like I've found or I'm not even sure I'm living in my true north. But that's the point. Exactly. And I, think, I know that's you know, what I'm And like, I think that's, that's exactly the point. It's like mm-hmm. finding and living your true north is your life. I mean, it's not like no. it has to be your life purpose, but it's like, it is a, it's not an end point. There's not an end point. There's not like a, it's. You've done it it's a lifestyle. I don't even know. I mean, I think we're figuring it out and we're be trying to be honest about the realities that exist in trying to figure out who the hell you are, because it, it seems really straightforward, but it's not. No, there's so much more nuance. There's so many layers. There's so much. Yeah. It really is. I just read this on my Instagram this morning, but I, I was looking back. It's been six months now since I left California and like went on this road trip and with the breakup and everything it's just like I look and on paper right it's like I don't have a job I still don't know where I want to live I still don't have a home I'm once again you know single and not that any of those things are bad but I think society wise we might you know programming to me says those things are not the best and I have this freedom that I've been seeking that I took the actionable steps to get, you know, cause I wanted this freedom. And now here I am feeling like super miserable and on paper looking and being like, I feel like I just did one big giant fucking loop and got nowhere. But then I can pause and say, that's not true because I've learned so much and I've experienced so much. And on this trip, I've learned a lot of what, things that are interesting but also a lot of like what I don't like um if you would ask me before like I considered wanting to live on the east coast it would have been an option and now after doing this trip I mean I love visiting the east coast but like I very clearly now know that like the east coast would not be a place that I would thrive because it doesn't have like the nature I need and the things outside that I want um so in some ways I I think it's really easy for me and we talked about this in Ethan's episode too, about like how sometimes these like magical big trips when you're on them and you're in it, like you're not necessarily seeing the whole puzzle piece. And I took that away from our conversation last week Um, and just looking at it and being, realizing that this has been an amazing experience. I mean, I knew that, but then also like all the insights that I'm getting and a lot of which aren't necessarily like, oh my God, this is right where I want to live. Like I found the perfect little town on my road trip that is going to be home in this community that I'm seeking, but I've eliminated a lot of places and I've now can like pretty confidently say, and obviously we change, but confidently say that like, I don't want to live in those places. And I think before when I was in San Luis Obispo in California, I like, well, I had a, I had a phase, quite a few phases in San Luis Obispo, but like, I liked it there, but I was always wondering like, what else is out there? And now I kind of know, which is pretty cool and feel like I have collected the data to start to make an informed decision, even though I still haven't like fully narrowed in on 
like that one town that I want to plant my roots in. Um, but I do know now that like I want it to be on the West Coast and probably in California. So sometimes I think it's just like easy when I'm throwing myself a little pity party that nothing's going my way. Nothing's going, and that's like quotes, right? Because things are going my way, but they're still coming to me <laughs> that um, I've just gained a lot of insights on, on this trip about what I do want and what I don't want. Yeah, you can't really bypass the process. No. You just delay the inevitable. Like you're just exactly. delaying it. Before we continue to hear me talk about my insights and confusions around life, <laughs> uh, we're excited to share with you that Dr. Emily, who is on our podcast in season three, is going to be offering monthly workshops around natural family planning. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably already committed to being your authentic self, but do you know your body fully? In the podcast episode, we talk in depth about this, how most of us actually don't understand our cycles, our bodies, and we don't realize that our bodies are actually giving us signs to let us know where we are in our cycle and, and what we can do with that information. So on the third Thursday of each month, our friend Dr. Emily is going to be hosting free virtual workshops to help teach you how to recognize those signs by basically learning the, the basics of natural family planning. We're going to drop a link in the show notes below and highly encourage you to jump in and get to know your body better. I mean, it's an amazing opportunity just to learn those small little nuances and, and check in with yourself and learn all the things that we really should have learned in health class, in my opinion. Okay, let's jump back into the podcast. Which is why I was saying it's like, you got to just like be, if we talked more about that stuff or even like, you know, me sharing my perspective it's not about you being able to get there faster because now you know like if I look back I probably knew what I know now back then too <laughs> like I don't really know much more I just maybe have more conviction experience. I have more yeah more experience that more proof of like when I don't really have a sincerity to my choices I'm not actually, I'm just bullshitting myself and everybody, like I'm just talking a good talk and I'm not really doing it. And, um, you know, and I had to go through that because every iteration of it, I got a little bit closer and I think I was, I mean, call it whatever you want, but like to really choose, like it is hard. Like you do lose things, things do fall away. And like, that isn't always easy. And I don't know if I was fully ready to experience the pain that came with that until now. And now I am. And I'm sure 10 years from now, you know, if I'm, al I'm alive and still able to like be kicking and, you know, reflecting on my journey, there will be, I can look back now and go, Oh man, I thought I had figured out then and I and now I know this. And I don't know. I've I feel like the last six months to a year has really, especially in the last like month or two, I've really started to focus in on um my conviction and my sincerity of choice versus how quickly I can get there. Like, um, like I'm not in a rush, which seems weird because I'm older and I feel like that would be 
I would have expected that like being single about to turn 38, living with my parents, still like still trying to manifest the lifestyle that I want. It could be very easy for me to feel rushed into a decision that makes me feel okay with how I fit into society's expectations of myself. But instead I'm finding a lot more validity and I'm finding a lot more growth in the practice of sincerity, the practice of genuine conviction and taking the time to be able to actually step into the things that I want. Um, It's like slowing down to speed up is like a phrase that I hear a lot in the business world now. Um, But that it's like, I'm slowing down enough to make sure that when I take this step, I am taking it with my whole self or, you know, as close to my whole self as I can versus, um, just like, look, I took five steps in one day. Look, 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 I did it. Mm -hmm. I did it. I did it. I'm at step five. I'm at step five. I'm at step five. It's like, so ego. Um, and now I know that because I've done that and, and I can look at that version of myself and say like, oh, I love you for wanting to be there so fast. And I have so much compassion for, for, for that space. And I forgive you. Um, and again, I'm saying that a lot easier because I've sat in the tears of it. And now upon reflection, I can, I can say it calmly. Um, but yeah, it's the sincerity piece is like huge, totally huge. I've definitely been in a rush for a long time. I've always had that thought like, well, what if I die tomorrow? But someone, um, on this trip I met would love to say in sort of a cliche way but like life is a marathon and I just started to add to the back half of it and if it isn't it doesn't matter because <laughs> it's kind of true right like well right because even if you die tomorrow trying to live into a future place that can't actually be here yet because it's not what's here you aren't present enough to be with what is and and you are trying to control everything, thinking that you have all of the answers of what is right and true and best for you when you actually only own a portion of that because there needs to be space for life to meet and co-create with you, other people. Um, and like without that space, it just becomes, I mean, that's, survi- that's a survival. It's survival. I'm trying to control the whole thing in this moment to be where I think I should be so that I don't waste my life, fear, 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 fear. (laughs) And that whole time I'm not actually even present to the life that is here. And I am like in this, so I am not an expert at this. This is like what I have to come back to every single time I recognize that I'm in that place of survival. Um, because sure. I don't, I don't want to live from that place anymore. Because I've seen how my life unfolds, and not that it was bad, not that I like my life was bad. It just um, is exhausting. I'm really tired. Say, I've been thinking about that too. Just, I don't really. Know. I know people say like you can control your thoughts, and I'm like, I don't know if I fully believe that, but I think you can maybe disrupt them or encourage them, or I don't know. Um, because I've been thinking about that a lot too, like the, the pressure to rush and be somewhere that I'm not consumes my mind almost all the time. Like whether it's 
in a relationship, like the anxiety of, you know, in this past relationship, like thinking, is it going to end? Like I need to control something to make sure that it goes my way. Or if it's in my career wanting a job, like I can find myself just having these thoughts, like, you know, on repeat and how much energy I'm wasting spending time thinking about all these things when I don't need to think about them and that I've been asking myself like even with the the relationship just ending of like well this should if you allow it specifically in your thoughts like clear up a lot of space and a lot of energy and time Um, not only like physical energy and time but again like emotional and um, just the amount of time I've been spending in my head about it like what do you want to do with that time and it doesn't necessarily have to be replacing and this is where I was like playing today on my run because I was like well I'll just replace it with ideas about what I want to do and what I want my future to look like and did it and I was like or maybe I just try not to think like and I know that's not necessarily possible but like do things like we talked about with Judy in the presence episode like wiggle my toes or um, I, I'm seeing this in a million different ther- like therapy related books, but like, you know, count three things you can smell, count three things you can feel, count three things you can hear. And just like it, you know, centers you and brings you back to the present moment rather than feeling like I have to fill my mind all the time with, I mean, really, I'm just like planning for the future in my head all the time or like trying to control things in my brain, acting like if I think about it hard enough and that it'll come true. And, and of course there's like a time and place to be intentional and to vision and, and to write things down. But for me, it hasn't been serving me being on a constant loop all the time. Yeah. I was going to say what came up for me is like, I too have heard the, like the thing about thoughts and uh, like, we're always going to have them where they come from, whatever. It's like a part of our experience. And I think we can use them for us we can try to change them, blah, 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 blah. The thing that's worked for me the most is a mindfulness um, approach, which is, again, cultivating the equanimity. It's like, am I making meaning out of these things? If I'm making meaning out of it, that's a waste of my time. Um, That's getting me out of my life. That is me trying to control or predict, um, but if I can allow them to just be without, or even if they do trigger me to like recognize that tr- trigger and self-soothe, self-regulate, um, that idea of equanimity and meaning, like what am I, am I making this mean something that isn't there? What's the reality? I'm a human that's having 50 million thoughts at the same time that's trying to protect me. And like, I don't know. So that's what came up for me when you were talking is like, like, I think it's great that you're recognizing, you know, not that you don't have thoughts, but maybe not that you don't have to latch on to them. Um, I am, I'm sure you've heard this one before, but I'll share it just for anyone who hasn't. Another thing specifically, if it is a pattern that's helped me is like, you name the story. It's like the stories that we tell ourselves and just giving it a name and being like, I am currently telling, you know, story where I think no one loves me over and over in my head and just even doing that like it sounds so silly but it it definitely 
can calm you down and it's like almost makes me laugh i'm just like oh yeah this this old one it's like when someone turns on the lion king again you're like seen this one a couple times you know yeah (laughs) i would just add yeah i would just add to that that i've been working on self-compassion so when those things show up instead of making fun of myself for it or trying to be sarcastic to myself which for me is a form of self-abuse or an easy gateway drug in um to really just be like, find my own kind words to myself in recognizing the old story that's playing. So I just offer that up um, because I am really trying to catch myself early on the earlier, like the first kind of stepping stones of self-abusive language and tone and stuff like that. Um, which I think can be really easy when I'm just like dismissive of myself, like, Oh, there you go again. Very quickly. It can be like, honestly, pretty terrible. Like I don't even want to like say it actually out loud. What would actually, but swears and belittling. It's pretty unnecessary. So yeah. And that is a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the True North Collective podcast. For more from Rachel and I, you can check us out on the gram at the True North Collective underscore. I would also highly recommend you check out and sign up for our mailing list. You can do that on our website at the truenorthcollective.org. There is a drop-down menu at the top of the website where you can pop your email address in there and make sure that you are staying up to date on all of our upcoming events and things that are happening. We've been putting in a lot of work for this brand in 2021, and we would love you all to be able to follow along on the journey. Otherwise, we will see you all next time.